shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. So what exactly does your husband do? This is a question that plagues Heather Whitaker every time someone asks because she never knows how to answer. One day she came up with a phrase that she now uses when asked, he's a hope dealer. And that's about as close to a job description as they can get to. Carlos Whitaker is a People's Choice Award winner, a former recording artist, and a social media maven who currently spends the majority of his time writing books and speaking on stages around the world. It really began when the Whitakers found their family in America's spotlight with appearances on shows like CBS Early Morning, The Today Show, and more when their video, Single Ladies Devastation, went viral. Y'all, you got to watch that. But for Carlos, Heather, and their three children, this viral moment was just a snapshot of the bigger picture. We are so thrilled to have Carlos and Heather here together today to talk about being connected parents really the reason we picked y'all for this connected parenting episode is because you're two of the most connected parents I've ever known. Yeah, I think David would say the same. And the way that you love your kids with such tenderness and kindness and ferocity. Mm, Yeah. Just blows me away all the time. You're going to make me cry straight out the bat. (laughs) (laughs) You must be a counselor or something. (laughs) 
So we're just so excited for y'all to share who you are and how you raise your kids with yeah. the people who are Thanks listening. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. We are so grateful. Really grateful to get to be with you all. Can we jump in with some questions? Let's go. We, we can. We can. And we want to say thanks for having us and inviting. And I think we would reciprocate those comments just in, into the lives of our kids that you guys have had an impact in as well. I think you know, I would so. say thank you for being our third parent. Yeah. Or third uh, you know, seriously. because, yeah, we are lucky enough to be here in Nashville and being able to resource you guys. And it has been. Yeah. Pick up the phone. What do I do here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, it's been a gift. Yeah. So thank you. Mm. Thanks. Well, grateful to get to share this time with you all. And we would love to start by asking you, what does intentional parenting mean to you? Intentional parenting, say I'd never even heard of your books or you know heard of the podcast or anything like that. I would just say not parenting on accident. For far too long, Parents have, have parented on accident. It's just kind of like, hey, we've got kids. It's a new day today. So let's make sure that they make it to the end of the day. <laughs> and and, 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 and although, like, I get it. Like, I understand that and I get it. Intentional parenting takes planning. It takes really thinking about every single kid differently. Mm. Um, yeah. And it takes more work. But I, I do feel like in the long run, being an intentional parent is going to be just way more beneficial for the child. Yeah, I think for me, actual intentional parenting is time. And that's what we don't have a lot of these days. You don't have to become a homeschool mom who doesn't work, who, you know, has all the time in the day, but it's that time that you do have with them, that it is focused and you're connecting to them in their world. And it's a focused time. So I think that's intentional parenting in my, my mind. Which y'all both do that in spades. I feel like, Y'all live on this cutting edge in terms of technology and the world and what's out there right now. And so being able to engage with your kids in those things. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that you have this farm. Yeah. And you're not like I on a hundred acres. Is on, like we're on both yeah. ends. Okay. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because yes. on, but you do have an Instagram account with 15,000 no, no, no. followers Cut that follow that your, do that, not that follow your farm that account. In there. Yes. It's really like the Matrix meets Little House on yeah. the Prairie. I mean, we got things going on. I pulled you in. I pulled you in. I, I made you swallow the blue pill, and here you are. Oh, that's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> you have taken this space, and you don't have a ton of right. property. You have right. a beautiful yard, yeah. but you're not on 500 acres, right. and that you've created this farm. And uh-huh. your kids are very much on social media yeah. when they're allowed to be. And, yeah. you know, yeah. but at the same time, they're pulling out of that. Sure. And having this connected time as a family. Yeah. It is helpful that Carlos and I are both on different spectrums. Like we are very that opposite attracts type of people. So it is helpful for our kids to get a little bit of balance on both sides. But we do love the internet. Uh And yet we also love the unplugging. And for us, honestly, you know what we've found? It's less about the putting our things in a basket when we come home and, you know, having those rules and creating space and time. So for us, one of our favorite family vacations is New York City. Why? Because we can't be on our phones. Like you literally can't be on your phone or else you're going to be walking into somebody. Like you have to put them down. And that's something in our last three years, like we've been intentional to take a trip to New York City. Unfortunately, this year may be a little off, but we've been intentional in that because we found like we made it also a trip to go to the mountains. And we were on our phones the whole time because we were sitting on our phones, chilling. 
you know, mm-hmm. when we were moving and going, like we couldn't do that. And we actually have some of our favorite moments from yeah. choosing to be in a space like that, which doesn't actually make sense because it's a busy city. You would think that to be able to actually connect as a family. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, well, let's flip it over. Okay. So what would you say are your biggest challenges, or you can pick one, with being <laughs> connected as parents? Man, there's a lot. There's just a lot. You know, and I would say knowing that there's different stages of parents listening right. to this right now. You've right, got right. your different. newborn parents probably listening all the way to parents of adults. Yeah, I would say that I do think it gets more challenging the older your kids get. So we're sitting here with an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. Now, this is just me, the dad in the Whitaker house. Okay, this is going to be completely different answer from her. <laughs> but for me, I'm mourning. There's some mourning of watching a shift in the relationships that my kids value most. And right now, it's boyfriends. Mm. And it's friend groups. And I would say my youngest is still valuing me more than that. But the other two, that's probably the most challenging part for me as far as staying connected. They want to stay connected. I just got a text, you know, our daughters are on a road trip right now. And it's funny when they're home and with me, I do have to fight a lot more, I feel like, to stay connected. But when they're gone, I mean, yesterday, three times, Sayana texted me, hey, dad, what are you doing? What have you done today? Like, there's something about them being gone that I feel like maybe they miss. A more tethered. Yeah, they, they, they miss the tether. Whereas if I'm on a trip, they're not asking me those questions, you know? <laughs> and then my oldest yesterday is like, hey, dad, I miss you. What are we going to do when we get to the lake this weekend? So what I have to do is just make sure that I capture those moments and really milk them for all they're worth. I'm having a harder time connecting right now just because of their need for friendships, which they need. They need to blossom in those and grow in those. And, you know, they're not my little princesses anymore in their mm. Disney dresses. But, mm-hmm. Running you know, to you. Running to you. me and wrapping their mm-hmm. cells around my leg. Hmm. Ask me the question again. What is your biggest challenge with connection as a parent? I think it's that battle of them trying to shut you out or not include you and having to actually enter into that battle to push into them more. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like for me, it's so easy to be like, oh, she doesn't want to talk about that. So I'm not going to push it. But actually having to work, having to try to figure out how to get into that space that she's kind Mm -hmm. of shut down or is not that she's blocking me out because she doesn't want me in, but for whatever reason, there's a protection there and continuing to push, continuing to push until they do, you know, And, and there was this one situation in September that I had to push into one of our more closed off children. But once I did... Now they're an open book. Now they come to me with everything under that umbrella of that situation, you know. But it was uncomfortable. But but it was uncomfortable and it was a little hard. And it was like, I'd rather just ignore that and let them work it out themselves. The harder part is for me to actually to parent, to dig in and to actually push and parent when I would rather just kind of let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would also add to that. Knowing, again, that there's different spectrums of parents that are listening to this. You've got single parents. You've got grandparents raising kids. You've got all kinds of things. But for us, teamwork-wise, we do have different strengths as -hmm. far as connecting with our kids. And so a lot of times I will see Heather not able to connect in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of come in and be like, if you try this, I promise you. And that may not come naturally to Heather. Same thing with me. Hey, Carlos, like I know that you're having a hard time with maybe 
a boy situation. If you, babe, <laughs> her eyes roll and her I'm head like, falls backwards, yeah, and she's just like, just if you just do it this way. And I'm like, okay, I'll try. You know, so, so if you have a partner, if you have a everyone friend, everyone has have, people. You have right? people yes. in your everyone life. Can, you can, yes. And if you don't have people, then find some people yes. that, that can, can come help along. Counselors can be those people. We are those people sometimes. Yeah. Yes, that's so great. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high-quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater child care needs in the summer and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rbg to start a search for a nanny. And as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. Okay, well, I kind of want to flip this next question because we we talked about some of the challenges, and I think you all began speaking to some of the things that help you connect. I feel like we so often get asked in our offices from dads about connecting specifically with girls and from moms about connecting with boys, that Mm -hmm. it feels a little harder with the opposite gender. Do you all have any thoughts or things you've learned along the way that help in that direction? Ooh, that's a great question, David. I wasn't prepared for that one. I know I'm throwing you a curveball. That's funny because I think in our house, Losiah and Carlos, when we got off the airplane, he was all about Carlos. And he still is all about Carlos. Got off the airplane, meaning that we adopted a child. Oh, yes. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Got off the airplane with a new child from South Korea when he was seven months old. (laughs) For a little context. (laughs) 
forgot about that. Did okay. not deliver on a yeah, plan. I was talking to you guys. You guys are right. We know. <laughs> so that part is very true for us. I do have a harder time trying to connect to Losiah. But then also, like, he's also home with me. And and you have to know your kids. You have to know what they love. Like, Losiah is a time person. So he is so detailed in his conversations that, like, he is telling the story. And sometimes they're long, really long. <laughs> and as a mom, I'm sitting there going, okay, Lord, like, let me continue to listen and not just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, because uh-huh, uh-huh can so easily happen, right? Yes. So that's important and yet also mm. a challenge for me. I think the girls for me, like you said, it is, I'm a girl, I get it. But what's different in our family is our biological two girls. One is completely Carlos and one is completely me. Hmm. So it's funny because on the girl who like is wired like Carlos, I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, what do we do here? You know, and vice versa. Yeah. This goes back to the phrase intentional parenting. For me specifically, I'll just go back to my daughters when they were 12, 13 years old. And I started to feel that pull away that, oh my gosh, like I'm not the king. I'm not the hero anymore. <laughs> What's happening? So I was very intentional. When I saw that they loved the Taylor Swift album, whatever it was, mm-hmm. guess what? I learned every word yeah. to their favorite song. <laughs> yeah. And then what ends up happening is when they start singing it, I'm in the car shouting the words with them. And they look at me like, that. how do you know all the words to this song? So like, you have to be very specific. Yeah. What do they love? And guess what? Now you get to love that. Mm-hmm. And the you know, same thing with Losia, to be honest with you. So Halo was in the hospital last year. This was actually a season where, you know, he didn't get the attention from me or from Heather that he was used to getting. And so I could start to see behavioral issues. I could start to see some things. But he was playing this game Fortnite. I just remember he's always telling me his stories were 30 minutes about his <laughs> Fortnite game. And so one day I said, you know what? I'm going to download this dumb game. I'm going to put it on my phone. Mm-hmm. And this little world that we jumped into with our headphones on was an escape from the trauma and the pain that we were in. Yet we were talking to each other. I'm at the hospital. He's at home. We're having conversations. Dad, no, go around Mm. that building. This and that. I stepped into his world again. I loved what he loved. Mm. Uh, Little did I know that I would end up loving the game probably more than he did. And so like I'm on airplanes now playing it by myself. And (laughs) And both those things... Both those examples are simple, yeah. right? Like that's not this big, detailed, you know, it it is simple, but you do have to be intentional looking around seeing what are they into. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. because it communicates how much you love and value them Mm -hmm. when you value what Mm -hmm. they do. Yeah, that's Okay, so what would y'all say are two or three of your kind of guiding principles as parents? These are important things for me to hang on to. We don't necessarily have guiding principles that are like, on a mission statement on the talk board. And we actually haven't even talked about these. So hopefully she's going to agree that that this would be a guiding principle. But we parent every kid differently. Absolutely. All three of our kids are so different. Are so different. They all have different rules. And we've told them from Mm -hmm. a very young age, hey, listen, this is how we're doing it for them. It's going to be different when it's Mm -hmm. your turn. When I was growing up, when my parents did something for me, it was the exact same thing for my Mm -hmm. brother. Like that was just kind of the rule. Like this is how we parent all our kids. A guiding principle for us is we definitely are very different with all three of our kids, and they know that. And so there's an expectation that they know things are going to be different. Losai knows that things are going to be different with technology with him than Mm -hmm. they were with his sisters. Sayana knows that things are going to be different with her sister than it is with her. And so I think that's one strong guiding principle that we have. Another thing that I was thinking when you were talking was just the fact that we kind of have this unspoken, no, it is very spoken, rule that like if you come to us, 
with whatever darkness may be there, you're not going to get in trouble. We will parent it, but you're not going to get in trouble. Whereas if you lie and hide and we find it, ooh, watch out. <laughs> like, and so there's this kind of freedom and space for our kids to come to us mm. and to share stuff with us that has been kind of a, well, honestly, it's a standby principle in our marriage too. We all know that we're going to make mistakes, that we're going to have bad choices, that we're going to do things. But if we can come and be honest about it and walk through it together, I think that's a huge thing for us. And that's something that has blessed our family because we have been able to give our kids tools because they've come to us in dark spaces, tools to get out of it, tools to learn how to, you know, like identify lies to replace those lies with God's truth and healing. And so that has been a beautiful guiding principle for our family. Yeah. Yeah. And adding on to that, because it is a staple in our marriage, it's just something that our kids watch and Mm -hmm. it's something that they see. We have walked through a hard part in our marriage. And I think that Some of the places where our kids are maybe a little bit more mature or able to recognize things is because when we walked that out, we were intentional. I was very intentional to not dog their dad, to not speak negative about their dad, because their dad was a great dad. Yes, he made some (laughs) yes, they made (laughs) some choices that were not good overall as their father, but he still loved them. He still engaged with them. He still, you know, and so I think for me, when you look at somebody as a whole, you can separate like just because My mom doesn't call me on my birthday doesn't mean she's a terrible mother. Mm. She may be lacking in this space, and there's many different areas for that. But she actually raised me and loved me and nurtured me, you know. And so I think for Carlos, like being able to look at him, like, yes, he made some poor choices in this marriage context, but he still was there and played and tickled and, you know, was the monster and, you know, like the— Fun tickle the monster. Fun monster. Sorry, yes. not the scary monster. <laughs> the monster. <laughs> I know. Sorry. The, 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 the longest conversation goes, we're going to have to have a whole other podcast in session. <laughs> we'll go into another room in the building. T- I said tickle and then I said monster. I meant to like yeah, reverse yeah, it. I, we get it. We get it but you know, like he still, and so to honor yeah. that space of who he was. Yeah, and so, like, being able to teach our kids to look at a person in a bigger context, in the whole context, yeah. instead of just like, oh, this person person is, you know, XYZ, because those are the bad attributes of them. Okay, but if you're looking at that, what is the good attributes of that Mm -hmm. person? And and really being able to look at a bigger picture of a situation is something that I think we really try to do in all of our... And to see a 14-year-old boy come back from youth group with a relationship issue and without us even having to say anything, to see him unpack, well, gosh... I know that there's probably, I mean, I've heard them use the word trauma. There's probably trauma in their mm. life at home. And, and I'm just, my mouth will, I'll have to, you know, lift my jaw mm. from it hanging open because I'm like, this is working. This parenting thing is yeah. working, you know? So I definitely think that that's a huge yeah. win in our parenting book is helping our kids see, you know, what's yeah. underneath. What's underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you beautiful. guys have helped a lot with that too. Absolutely. Wow. That's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. What is, an intentional practice you've done recently. And this could be in the arena of parenting or it could be outside of it. We talk about, Eugene Peterson says, the most important thing about being a parent is being a person. So it could Mm -hmm. just be in your own life or in your marriage. I think for Carlos and I, part of the 
learning process of what kind of made our marriage fall apart was the lack of self-care and the lack of healing in ourselves. So it's been a decade process of learning to hear God's voice, learning to obey God's voice, learning to actually stand in the authority and the call that He has given us to parent, to be healthy, to fight for relationships, to see the bigger picture, and really step into that space where you're giving people your best self and being able to say, I am healthy and Mm. giving people that. So I think for me, and I'll also include Carlos, like we have fought for being healthy ourselves. And I think that our kids see that, which then in turn answers your question. Yeah. I travel a lot. And so I'm not with the kids as much as Heather is. So we have these conversations. I'm going to be home for 72 hours (laughs) and I'm going to be gone for 14 days. Like, what can I do while I'm gone? And then what can I do while I'm at home? And then, so again, I think this goes back to my answer earlier about just being super intentional in every phase that your kids are in. I know this week specifically, I took my daughter's boyfriend to the national SC soccer game. She wasn't with me, Hmm. but she was texting me the whole time at the game. Like, what are you guys talking about? Like, like, how's everything going? Right. And so it was just me spending time with him knowing that that was being intentional to my daughter. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be just downloading Fortnite because your 12 year old likes to play it, especially in this season for us in relationship. It is funny with our middle child. TikTok's her thing. She's over that now. Yeah. Actually, she may tell you that, but she's not. Well, I just think. <laughs> listen, listen, it, listen. She's a full teenager, yes. so it comes and goes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each and every week, it does. This may sound insignificant, but we send each other TikToks, yeah. like funny TikToks. So, like this morning, that's I've true. gotten three from her, you know, and then I'll send them to her back, and then that's just a touch point. Yes. Like, it's mm-hmm. just a touch point. It doesn't seem very significant, but it is to her, and it probably is more to me than it is mm-hmm. to her. But it keeps me connected in intentional ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This isn't recently. This is actually very long ago in our parenting book, but we used to do these things called family Family nights nights. and it was just one night a week. And this is zero pressure to be a Pinterest mom, but I would like decorate the house and it could have been from the dollar store, almost like a little themed birthday, but just getting out of your norm and being intentional. I guess I'm saying this for all those people that are in that younger stage of life, opposed to us in the teenage land, I would throw blankets over the kitchen table and like we'd eat underneath the fort, you know, Mm. or like to shift things a little bit and just make it a night where it's fun and different. And, you know, I think that's where like taco nights come in or just something that is just different. And it's not that hard. It's really not. One of the family nights we dressed up as each other. Yeah, that was fun. Uh And we had to like act. Yeah. And And then we had to act like each other Mm -hmm. and, you know, and they were little when we were doing this, but it was just hours of laughter, you know, to watch them mimic us. Where's my phone? Where's the keys? You know, like, like just, you know, all those things. For my 17 year old, right now, one of our strongest points of intentional connection have been since she's got a new job, she's working at this new restaurant in Nashville. I know when things slow down during the day for her. And so I'll go and I'll work there with my laptop. And she gets so excited when she sees me because she's just filling guacamole or whatever she does. <laughs> and she'll come out and she'll sit with me or I'll go up to the counter and I'll talk with her. And it's a pretty loose environment where we can have these conversations. But she'll text me, Dad, are you coming in today? It's like, wow, she wants this. She's yeah. asking for it. So I'm going to make sure that I keep showing up. We are so thrilled to be partnering with our friends at Minnow to bring back the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. We all know that devices are here to stay. So if you want to make screen time meaningful for your kids, 
Minnow is for you. A new streaming service designed just for kids. Minnow has over 2,000 episodes of fun and faith-filled shows that have been carefully curated by moms, dads, and church leaders, so it's safe for your family. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com to start your free trial. So we talk a lot about being a student of your kids, which y'all have already address that to some degree. And as much as we talked about how much we love you too, which we do at the beginning, I think we would be remiss if we didn't say, y'all have three amazing kids. Yes. And we have both had the privilege of knowing them and they're they're just in such different ways. Yeah. They are mm-hmm. each so gifted. They're so passionate. Just God has created this space and purpose. Yeah. I mean, I feel so strongly about that Absolutely. knowing them. I feel like they each... Not only, I think, is there going to be some beautiful purpose for where they head, but who they are right now. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they're all living that out. Yeah. And so if y'all had to say what you're learning from them right now, mm. what would you say that it is? They're actually each walking through hard things right mm. now, some harder than the others, but actually they kind of all collide yeah. as well because one hard thing affects another, sure. you know, and their ability to champion each other and their ability to see, like, mom may be focused on one right now. I'm thankful for their grace of, like, mom may be focused on one, but I know she'll be there just as much for me in another season when I'm in a harder season. You know, like, they really are showing me grace in a way that I just am so thankful for because I really do see how we are focused on one more than the other. And we have these discussions of we're for you, all of you. And when we have those discussions, they are so kind to us as parents in our faults and in our lacks. And Mm -hmm. it's just a gift. So it's not necessarily what I'm learning from them, but I am thankful for their kindness. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm learning in 2020, if you're listening to this podcast and it's 2028, let me remind you what happened in 2020. (laughs) In case you forgot. In case you forgot. Just the resiliency Mm -hmm. in each of them. Our 2020 kind of started in November of Mm -hmm. 2019. We were in Vanderbilt University Hospital with our oldest trying to figure out what's wrong with their body. And to watch the resiliency of all of our kids, the one that was in the hospital included, but honestly, the other two. Mm-hmm. All the attention has been focused on the health of our oldest. The resiliency in the other two, I'll just, I can get a little weepy thinking about it, is just mind blowing. Just to see how resilient they are, how strong they are, how understanding and compassionate to the situation and the circumstance that they are. And that's what Heather was just talking about a little bit. Gosh, that's nothing that we parented into them. That is who God created them to be. And to watch them step into that has been a beautiful, beautiful thing. They're just so strong. And I do learn a lot from them when it comes to that. Because a lot of times I'm thinking, where did they get this from? Not me. It's all Heather. But the other one, like we adopted. So he got it from us and parenting him. But there's some strength in his bloodlines mm-hmm. that we don't know about as well. And so it's just a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm just learning how to be resilient, how to get back up. I just, I love seeing that in mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I love that because I think as our culture has almost made life too easy sometimes for our kids and we haven't taught them how to fight. Mm-hmm. We haven't taught them how to get back up. We haven't taught them how to build resilience. And so I think, yeah, walking in this season 
not trying to shield them from it, but teaching them how to get back up, teaching them how to still have peace in the trauma, still have joy in the trauma. And they've taught us by showing us that it's possible. It's possible to walk through hard things and not have it take you out. Mm. Which is exactly what you've taught them, too. Yeah, absolutely. That mirrored sense. I feel like as as y'all are talking, I mean, two of the things that stand out to me the most about your parenting and what you're saying, which there's so much. I mean, I feel like I want there to be word-by-word notes of everything you've said, but the two things that stand out is there's such a knowingness of your kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you just know your kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I, you know their struggles, but you know their triumphs, and you know what they're passionate I mean, mm-hmm. all those things. And there is this pervasive sense of grace mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah. you all are offering them over mm-hmm. and over and showing them in light of the gospel and who God yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And then I love that you talked about how they're bringing that back to you, mm-hmm. yeah. too. Yeah. It just feels like such Thanks. themes. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah, yes, and amen. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking the exact same thing. It's amazing mm-hmm. you said that, yeah, and that you're living it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we talk about it so much with mm-hmm. kids, but yeah. you kids are sitting front row to that. Like, yeah. here's real life, real marriage, yeah, yeah, the yes. real journey of being a family and mm-hmm. grace all over mm-hmm. that. Yeah, love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no wonder your kids are who they are. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna move now from substantive to silly to end this time. Okay. All right. And you all mentioning in the middle of our conversation, taco night at Mm. one point, guacamole in another, just confirms what we've already known. You're our people. And so we want to end by knowing your favorite kind of taco. Well, okay, so you said substantive to silly, but this is actually deeper (laughs) than than the the other conversations. Because this is is life-changing. And Okay, so here's the deal. And you you're gonna, you're picked hear two how, really opinionated yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so listen, oh, listen, listen. Way. We come from the promised land. Mm-hmm. We come God's from country. California. Mm-hmm. We love Tennessee. Sure do. We love Nashville. But even the Mexicans in Tennessee have forgotten yes. how to cook a taco. Yes. Let me preface this by saying <laughs> I am Mexican. So before you email Daystar or whatever, like, this is me talking about my people. And I am here to tell you that there are places in Nashville that you can find a good replica of a taco. Sure. But I would say the greatest taco I've ever had has to come from Southern California, probably from a man on a sidewalk, <laughs> not in a taco truck, Per se, just a grill on a sidewalk with two very small, has to be corn tortillas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. And they have to be two, they have to be oiled just right with carne asada in them. If you've never done this, you need to go to Long Beach, go to 102nd Avenue. And there's a man right in front of the pet store that probably cooks the best tacos ever. And the only reason I say this is is last year, is Heather thinks I'm making this up because she wasn't with me. But I spoke (laughs) at an event last year. I googled best taco Mm -hmm. or Yelp best taco in Long Beach. And everyone was saying in front of this pet store on 102nd Avenue. I went to it. It was the greatest taco I've ever had in my entire life. Okay, Heather. (laughs) <laughs> I wish y'all could see your face right I now. I am very picky as well. And I do think a good street carne asada taco is delicious. But the best taco I've ever had in my entire life is a place in Santa Barbara. They were making the corn tortillas. Carlos is 100% right on yep, that. Yep. Can't be right there in the shop. And then they had a roasted poblano on it. Was I with you? Yes. Stuffed (laughs) with Monterey Jack cheese. And here's the problem. Texas people, I love you. 
but you can't use a Velveeta type of cheese in your mm. Mexican food. It right. needs to be Monterey Jack cheese if you're going to have some sort of like melted. enchilada or yeah. melted or something like that. But then, so what wow. they did is they melted the Monterey Jack cheese with the poblano and the corn tortilla, and it was simple and like dreamboat land. Yeah. Also, I love a good chorizo, but a chorizo is mm. very, I'm very particular with my chorizo. Whole Foods has a really good chorizo. If anybody out there would like to try a real chorizo. Yeah. With egg and potato, breakfast taco, that's delicious. I also love anything like pork with chili verde. Mm, that's delicious. And I'm so you know, hungry. I really, <laughs> I, I'm, I like to make tacos, yeah, real she tacos. Does. She, she makes great. T- and if you want the best taco in Nashville, if you, you want have to come to, to put house. ground beef in a taco, you're not making tacos. Right. Can we come to your house for our mm-hmm. next yes, conversation? Please, okay. Please. Yes. yes. You two have given us so much. I know. To everyone listening, you're welcome. Stop. <laughs> stop. I mean it. We can, can do I a just... whole podcast on tacos if you want next yeah. time. That would and be we fun. would love that. <laughs> and can we just say, read everything written by these folks, yes. follow them. Yes. Clearly, you can see we trust their voices. We do. You can too. Immensely. And where can they find you and follow you and all yeah, these Heather, things? Where can they find you and follow you? I can say. Whit Farm. Thank yeah. you. Whit Farm with two T's. W-H-I-T-T-F-A-R-M. Yes. It's That's all, it. It's and it's things. about farming. You're not going to get much else on there. Yeah, but every once in a while, you get every a little passionate. Every once in a while. Yeah. Little... yeah, so follow Heather. Trust me, the only reason people follow me was to get a hold of my wife. So I see that and I acknowledge that. But if you want to hang out with me, I'm Loswit, L-O-S-W-H-I-T on Instagram. And then I've got books and things that you can... That are amazing. On my Instagram that are incredible. Yeah, as well. So I like to tell stories. Y'all, thank you. We're so grateful for you. Thank you, guys. We love you guys with everything. So thanks for having us. Right back at you. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love and values parents' trust. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.